Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy are making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to consider becoming an educational podcaster. The special agents assigned to help you with this task are co-hosts Mimi and Tedisco of the Unprofessional Development Podcast. I'm ending the season of this educational podcast on a slightly meta note with an episode about educational podcasting. As mentioned in the episode, the educational podcasting space has seen exponential growth in the last five years. For many teachers that I talk to, listening to podcasts has become both an opportunity for professional development and a way to feel connected to colleagues that they would never meet in real life. I even interviewed Susanna Evans way back on episode 12 about teaching her primary students how to podcast. So this episode is for those who might be interested in joining the educational podcasting community, are curious about podcasting in general, or those who just love listening to two goofballs clowning around talking about teaching. Those two goofballs are Tedisco and Mealy, first names redacted by Lesson Impossible headquarters, hosts of the Unprofessional Development Podcast. They are also the coordinators of Edupodlooza, which will be live-streamed and recorded on Sunday, June 27th. Mili Tedisco Bacheva of Overthrowing Education and I wrote and will be performing a radio play for Edupodlooza that I can't wait to share with you all. If you appreciate Mili and Tedisco's sense of humor in this episode, you should enjoy our radio play, The Last Day of School. Good luck on your newest not-so-impossible lesson with special agents Mealy and Tedisco, which will begin after this quick ad break for none other than Edupodlooza. Sunday, 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 June 27th, join us for Edupodlooza. There will be over a dozen Edupodcasters. Listen for some rhythm and rhyme. That's a poetry slam, boys and girls. Roundtable discussion. Just some teachers talking about teaching and laughing and having a good time. Role-playing games. Oh, yeah, for you nerds out there, you know you're going to like that stuff. Radio drama. Dum-dum-dum-dum. And really funny people. At least really funny looking, if nothing else. 1 to 9 on June 27th, Eastern Standard Time. We'll be live streaming. There'll be links. We'll put it on the Twitter. We'll make sure that you know where it is. Follow us at Unprocast if you're not already, because that's probably going to be the easiest way to know when it's going live. June 27th. Free up your calendar now. Thank you. Awesome. So I am here today on Halloween with... The Unprofessional Development Podcast, and I'm very excited that I am both uh, one of their first and maybe second podcast experiences. So, outside of our home base, yeah, yes, I was going to say we're 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 normally we're normally the you know we're interrogating people as opposed to um, right now I'm in the dark room with the light right over my head. I don't know who the good cop or bad cop is. Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm willing to turn state's evidence on to this go if um, you can offer me a plea deal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, depending on what is revealed in this podcast, you might need to do that. (laughs) But before we begin, do you guys mind saying who you are and what your role is in education? Uh, Tedisco, do you want to go first? Sure. Hi, I'm Tedisco. My role in education is not much. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm currently a middle school English teacher. I've bounced around between middle school and high school, uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of what I do. And where are you located? Uh, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome. And Mealy? Yeah, me as me as well. Um, but I'm a math teacher. I teach high school, and so I guess my role in my role in education is you know, and we're both um, edu podcasters. True. So what was the impetus for starting the Unprofessional Development Podcast? Did it just come upon you one day or was it a very deliberate decision that no, our particular voices need to go out there and reach teachers because we think that there's something we want to say? Oh, there's nothing we want to (laughs) say. We just want to be recorded being silly and having a good time. But I'll let I'll let Mealy explain this because this is all this is his baby. It's it, it, it's it's mostly my baby. So so I had known um, to disco and and um, so I was a huge podcast fan. I and I love um, podcasts. And I also thought that when it came to professional development, that eighty percent of it at least is not very good. Or if you go to it, I use the analogy like you eat the meat and you spit out the bones. And, and a lot of times you go to something where you're being trained and it's it's mostly bones and you're just trying to find a little bit of meat of, okay, how can I use this in my classroom or my, or my practice? But I found that some of the best stuff I learned happened in the, uh, what we call the break room. Some people call the work room, the staff room, whatever, whatever you call it, that area where the copiers are and where there used to be a lot of computers, but now where you sit there with your laptop and your papers and you're doing stuff and you're talking to other teachers and you go, hey, you know what happened in my class today? Blah, blah, blah. How do you deal with this situation? Or, oh my goodness, it was so crazy in there. Or, ooh, I tried this thing and it worked. And I would just learn more in those conversations that I that I would in the more organized setting where it was like someone talking to you. Or <laughs> that definitely cost the district way too much money. <laughs> right. they, they've got some person who's got a program and is gonna have you do like goofy icebreakers and i published a book so now here's markers and we'll all get butcher paper and everybody <laughs> if you could be an animal <laughs> we said well how can we you know how like, so the thought is how can you develop but let's do it in a way that's not in the professional manner so therefore unprofessional development and so i've been thinking about it i actually thought about it. we at one point in my head it was going to just be the the teachers from our school and maybe it'd be a way of, of also blue building collegiality within the school and but then like it kind of like decided we decided to go another direction and just have like people from all over yeah we didn't have enough friends uh (laughs) (laughs) so i've been thinking about it and tedisco was one of the people i had thought about doing with it there was maybe like one or two other people um on the um short list of people i would thought about but he was probably at the top and so i happened to be just i remember i was walking in on a building that he was in and he was walking out and I said, hey, um, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Do you want to um, do that? And he's like, sure. Because most times if, if you ask Tedisco, does he want to do something? He says, sure. Yep. Do you think about it first, Tedisco, or do you say sure and then figure it out from there? I usually say sure and then shortly afterwards think, am I going to flake out on this or actually do it? <laughs> <laughs> 
that that tends to be so when he said that I, I was like sure and then i'm like this probably won't ever happen right and then he said <laughs> it's called unprofessional development i thought i'm in you know what 100 percent. and so then tedisco came up with knew someone who had microphones and we kind of like learned some of the the the, um, the nuts and bolts of it which i know you you've had to figure out yourself as well and all the the trickiness that comes with that. Yeah, we found the jobs that work best for us in terms of like going ahead in the in the podcasting game as well, and and what piece we each played and and sort of editing it and getting guests and all that. Because I hate editing, and Tedisco loves it, which to me is still weird. Yeah, and I hate people, and Mealy loves them. <laughs> yeah, and so I I go out there and just find the people to be on our um our podcast. He he goes on the 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 Twitter. Oh, I think it's yes. called. Yes. yes, I do the Twitter, I, and and for a while I was I was doing the Quora because I was a big Quora guy. I don't know if um, Aviva, if you know what Quora is, but um, I don't. I, it's kind of like the best way to describe it is it's an intellectual version of Yahoo Answers. Oh, <laughs> so basically, people go on there and ask questions and answer questions, and I knew some teachers from there. Usually, my episodes have a bit of a theme, so that teachers can take this away and be like, oh, I'll try either all of this or some of this. And with you guys, I wanted to talk to you about what it's like being a teacher and being a podcaster and your tips and or tricks for implementing podcasting into your teaching life. So for me, I wasn't in the classroom when I started my podcast. So I'd love to talk to you guys about that interplay between talking about teaching on the weekends and then doing the actual teaching in the week? Like, do you find that you're, you get off an interview and you're like, I need to rewrite what I'm doing this week? Or does it marinate for a while? I'll say that honestly, it's a lot about mindset. Like we, we know, like we know what it takes to be a good teacher. We know what it takes to build good relationships, right? We know what goes into a good lesson. And it's so easy as you're going through the school year as you're getting through the burnout, as you're on your fifth referral with the same kid and just pulling your hair out, that it's so easy to just forget. So I find that doing the podcast and, uh, you know, if you're not doing a podcast, just listening to podcasts and, and re-upping all the things you already know and keeping them fresh in your mind, that it's made me a better educator. But occasionally I'll, I will walk away with specific items. So I'll be like, ooh, that was really cool and I'm going to steal that. But for the most part, for me, it tends to just be like keeping in the right mindset and staying in that that healthy, positive place philosophically and not getting dragged down into, you know, the jadedness. Yeah, I'm going to kind of like echo what he says and, and, and definitely agree with that, that it just makes you feel good about being a teacher. It makes you feel good about the profession. It may, It helps knowing that there are other people that have the same um, mindset as you, because for the most part, we've gotten people on there that, like, like Tedisco said, you know, and and um, I don't know if we all know what it takes to be a good teacher, but I, but I understand what he's saying. But we do, but we we're strong believers in developing relationships with um, the kids and making sure that that's coming first versus like cramming content that we know is only going to be um, in their heads for as long as it's going to be in, because most of us only remember. 10% of what we learned in math or English or history or science from um, however many years ago it was, you know. I was supposed to remember 10% of it? Yes. Oh, shoot. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you remember, well, you're, I think photosynthesis and DNA is what you're supposed to remember from science. Did you know that? Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
I definitely know the words Magna Carta. Um, English, I don't, I don't know conjunctions. I don't know what. What am I supposed to know from English? Shakespeare. Emily wrote, Dickinson wrote, was a person. Yeah, Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare wrote stuff, and then history. Uh, basically, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, maybe. Um, Martin Luther King and um, and those three presidents were all back to back, right? Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the, the the bed was still warm from George Washington when Abraham Lincoln got in it. Gross! Ah, that makes it so much yuckier. George, are these your wooden teeth under the pillow? I'm gonna send them. Oh. I'm gonna send them back to you. Um, Paul Revere will be taking them to George's house now. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and here's my theater tickets um, after I get done writing. I'm almost on my Emancipation Proclamation, so right. as soon as I'm done that, I'm off to the yeah, theater. Yeah, Washington couldn't make it and actually gave the tickets to Lincoln, which was, he felt bad about that. What was the question? <laughs> this is what you can learn about teaching and podcasting when you turn into a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a good lesson is right there. You should just play that last five minutes. And now an exit ticket. <laughs> well, I think this is also a good illustration of the teamwork and chemistry that you have when working together. Do you find that having a co-host makes the experience, like what are some struggles and successes you have with the co-host? Oh, yes. I I think we both will say this, but but um, I highly, highly, highly recommend if you're starting a podcast, getting a co-host. Okay, um, the, and so kind of think about when you're when you're teaching. Now there are definitely advantages to when you're teaching a subject and you're the only one that's teaching it that you're not part of a team because you can change the day of the test and you don't need to talk to anybody. You can flip the lesson whichever way you want to, and um, you don't have to go to meetings and argue with people about certain things. But there's definitely something so good about being able to bounce ideas off someone, about being able to steal ideas from somebody else and having that accountability factor going, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like I could easily just cancel something and go, OK, I'm not going to do it. And then I go, but no, like I told Tedisco, we're going to um, we're going to do this. And so we're going to do it. And so I think having that accountability factor, we also like the fact that when there's if a guest um canceled which happened about um two weeks ago then we can go okay well, how about just the two of us just get on there and we'll come up with like three or four things to talk about and we'll just do that for like 45 minutes or an hour and, and, and we just have a good time doing that it, it makes it a lot more fun and yeah like you said the accountability piece it, it's like when you're starting to like work out or something if you do it by yourself maybe you'll do it once or twice and then I mean, Ben and Jerry's is delicious. Uh, <laughs> but like if, if you're working out with somebody, you can you can keep going and keep pushing yourself and, and keep setting goals. So and we also just have very different uh, ideologies about things, which I think is really helpful. So when Mealy first said, like, hey, I think I'm going to try to get Tony Danza on the podcast. My response was, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, he just kept working at it and wouldn't give up. And he got us Tony Danza on the podcast. Like, yeah. It was awesome. Tedisco helps me de-stress, but I help Tedisco in the fact that I'm like, oh, we're, we're like, I don't see us at the number one on iTunes yet, so we need to do something else, and we need to, like, focus and make sure that we do this and this and this. 
But I want to kind of touch on one other thing that was in my head that um, a minute ago. One of the things that I really like is like you saw how we kind of went off on that goofiness there with Tedisco, and I, I got ridiculous. He got a little ridiculous and stuff like that. It helps us. I don't think I could do as well setting the tone and um, doing and having such a lighthearted podcast by myself. Because sometimes when people come on, however we've met them through Twitter, they have kind of an expectation that they're going to talk about their book or their philosophy or their, or their thing. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Tedisco and I will take some random word that they said and go off on some rabbit trail. And then before we know it, like like everybody's laughing and we're just having a good time. And then all of a sudden, it, it, and, and so now it doesn't, now when there's two of us, it doesn't seem as if I'm being snarky or picking on you or trying to like hijack or whatever your your um stuff and it, it just tends to have you know um that i mean i don't know i yeah it's not you being the clown it's us setting the environment right right so yeah i think i don't know i like to think this and maybe I'm, I'm full of myself but that like that i'm conan and that um Tedisco is andy richter Tedisco, how, what do you feel about that analogy I think uh, that can both be true and you can be full of yourself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do control the universe, um, but I also probably wouldn't be able to hold up on my own, definitely. <laughs> so you guys mentioned getting the... Uh, was he like your white whale? Was Tona, Tony Danza the the one you went looking for? He's definitely... A white whale. There's still a few white whales that we have out there. There's definitely one a nicer metaphor we can use to describe Tony Danza. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's an Italian whale. But, um, <laughs> but um, people can use his blubber to create perfume. They, they can. They can. Um, no, he was someone that we really wanted, but we actually have one that we're that we're going to be interviewing um, later today is, is um, another white whale for me, which is um, Jennifer Gonzalez, Ooh. who um, you may or may not know that she's like the godmother of education podcasting to me because um, I listen to her podcast like when there's hardly when you would go to education podcast and like hers was the only one in it. That's kind of cool. And there's a few other ones we want to have. Um, um, uh, what's what? Lin Manuel Miranda is on there. Michelle Obama, um, Oprah, and and Danica and Danica McKellar. So those those are some 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 like people that that we want to have um, on there that that are. I mean, are they doing anything? <laughs> really? <laughs> they, they have an hour. They, they definitely have access to like a microphone and the internet. So like, right? I'm pretty sure they own most microphones yes. and internet. Yeah, so those so it's like them and the cats. So if anyone wants to help us out with that, you know, just just you know, get in touch with just Google unprofessional development and find us and and tell us that, that you're that you're at unprofessional development podcast at gmail.com. It's easy yes, to type that, that you happen to be, you know, um, sell Oprah her cat food or whatever it is, and and and, and <laughs> give us give us uh, her email address. What was the question? <laughs> was Tony Danzar was Tony Danzar a white whale? But but he was definitely oh, okay. oh, he was okay. it was huge. It was a huge thing to get him on there. And um, I don't want to go down the whole thing, but if you listen to the episode, like the the, the way I conquered the um, I think it was like five degrees of separation that I was from Tony Danza through Facebook and other um, methods was um, was was pretty wild. And so obviously Tony Danza 
having had a documentary series about him teaching, not to mention being on Who's the Boss, you know quite a bit about. For your other guests, do you find yourself doing a lot of research about them ahead of time, or do you just kind of have them on and see where the conversation goes? I feel like our methods uh, diverge here. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm since I'm normally, for lack of a better word, scrounging and, and finding guests, so most times I know a fair amount about them, though we are now getting to the point where we are being um, solicited a little bit by people who are asking to be on. Um, but in the beginning it was just basically, hey, who's that funny person we work with? Who's hey, who's funny in your department? Da, 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 da. Do you know any funny teachers? Okay, cool. Um, and then on Twitter, I would interact with people and go, okay, well, you know. And I'm not gonna lie, we go, oh, well, that person has like um, sixteen thousand um, followers. Like, if we can get them on the podcast and they can, you know, share the link on their um, Twitter feed, then that'll be good for us. Like the the Quora people that I talked to you about, they had like you know a lot of followers on Quora was kind of how we did that. So, uh, And then I guess once I let them know, once I let Tedisco know who's coming on, um, then he goes and does um, research. And a lot of times he finds out stuff that I didn't know um, prior to the podcast. Yeah. And sometimes I do just uh, get merely say, hey, we're interviewing this person. Then I just log in and meet them for the first time. I'm not a preparer, right? Yeah. People who prepare ahead of time, that's like, the, that's just cowardly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so... And like you know people. you're going to be on us with us a little bit. We have like a we have a a a show doc that has four bullet points most times, and um, we just kind of go where it takes us. And um, I'll say this about Tedisco. I'll, I'll toot his horn one time. Tedisco is is very good with the follow up questions. Tedisco listens and takes notes to the people um, talking, um, and then like kind of digs um, deeper. And where I do that occasionally, I'm normally just like off on some bizarre tangent because they said some word and then I go off on, on that word. And it reminds me of like a goofy story from some, some time past. And then I just talk about myself cause I'm kind of, um, I mean, they myself. use the word doodads. Who does that? <laughs> well, yeah, usually but... my follow-up questions are, are due to my lack of preparation. I just genuinely don't know the answer when you probably yeah. already do. Yeah. So, so I think know. I think the doodad man is mentioned in the Grateful Dead song "Truckin'." So there's a, there's a tangent if you want it. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Truckin' like the doodad man. <laughs> oh, now now I'm gonna have to get copyright permission for this podcast. <laughs> doodad man was definitely my fallback career if teaching yes. didn't pan out. <laughs> and do you have any like lines where you're like? Even if someone solicits us to be a guest on our show, I don't ever want to interview Blank, or are you just open to anyone that wants to come on? Oh, that's a good question. I can't think, I mean, if so, Betsy DeVos um, <laughs> sends me a thing on Twitter to Disco, right? We're having her on, right? Oh, it would be hilarious. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Betsy, I too am on my yacht, and uh, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, which type of coin is the best to throw at the poor people? Because I prefer the pennies, but nickels just have that nice whizzing size. And then, have you ever had any issues with your district or the 
administration at your school? Like, do they care that you're doing a podcast? Do they ever say like, Hey, could you not tell Betsy DeVos blank? Or <laughs> <laughs> do they let you do your thing? We have a strict code. Uh, rule number one. Don't get fired. That's it. <laughs> we don't mention our district. We, we normally, in fact, like, Tedisco's gotten sloppy recently uh, with mentioning Charlotte. We normally keep it to saying we live, we're in North Carolina, so that keeps it generic enough, though I'm sure people can figure it out sometimes. And I have never talked to we, – we used to share a principal. Tedisco's at a different school right now. I have never had a conversation with my principal about the podcast. I'm sure he knows that it exists. He's never mentioned it to me. It's kind of like a don't ask, don't tell thing. And I'm not mentioning it to him because I don't want him to have to, like, tell me not to do it, if that makes sense. And, and I mean, part of things that uh, just sort of the ground rules that we always have with our guests are, yeah, we don't mention specific schools. We never mention specific students. Anytime we tell any student story, we just replace their name with George. Yes. Uh, which gets really funny if people mess up. Mealy will just go in and just edit over with him just saying, George. George. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it cracks me up every time I hear it. And um, yeah, uh, it, just giving it that certain level of, of anonymity. We, we have some guests on where we don't even know where they are, or where they teach. Yeah. Have you, you, have you mentioned anything to, to anyone at your current school? No. Um, okay. <laughs> right. Right. And and honestly, as long, it's really none of their business. I mean, they don't want to fill out that paperwork either, right? Like <laughs> they don't. They also don't want it out there that they fired a teacher for a podcast because all that means is that's the Streisand effect. Now everybody wants to hear the podcast. Streisand effect. Okay, I don't know what that is. Yeah, Barbara Streisand had like uh, oh, she sued somebody for like insulting her. I forget the exact details of it, but because she like took them to court over it, now everybody knew what they said. So when you try to put the kibosh on something and it backfires, that's the Streisand effect. Yeah, exactly. That's that is true. Like yeah, if you if you start like talking to us about the podcast, then all of a sudden you're going to get the podcast in the news, and and it's, it's going to be mo- a lot more people. And then we'll make and, millions, um, millions. Yeah. <laughs> part of our yes. five-year plan yeah. well do you guys monetize your podcast we we are making two dollars um per episode from podgo right now congratulations that's thank right you. thank you you can you can too and, and if you recommend us to podgo i think maybe i think we make five more dollars like one time you're that like poor that, people so, <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of like a i, I don't know they're kind of i don't even know how to explain podgo but i'm, I'm not going to do a big commercial for them right now we do one every week but um but yeah but you can use them to monetize your podcast a little bit and if you have more listeners then you get more money but, but we're not there yet so are we monetizing or are we attempting to monetize what was the question <laughs> yeah we're attempting we're, we're barely so doing we're, it. yeah. it's just it is starting to blossom Right. It will eventually yes. grow into a full yeah. Audrey, too. And so from the beginning to now, what would you say are the biggest lessons that you've learned in podcasting? Like what could you if you could go back and share advice with your beginning to Disco and Mealy's, what would you tell them? Buy a comfier chair. That's that's definitely true. You do want to have a comfy chair. Um, yeah. And I would just say. Um, it's going to be awesome. And for those of you that are like thinking about starting it, I would, I would just super highly recommend it. You know what I mean? We're not a media juggernaut, but 
we have so much fun every time that we do it that if we if there was if it was just the two of us listening afterwards we would be st- we would still be doing it so um it really is such a good time so um don't be scared just you know get a microphone push record know that kind of like the teaching community there's like a teaching podcasting community and even more than that a podcasting community because i'm friends with some podcasters who don't who aren't teachers who are willing to um teach you you know that first day you were in the workroom and you didn't know how to use that copy machine and you're just kind of standing there staring at it and finally that teacher comes and goes do you need some help Uh, and you're and you're like yeah, I'm trying to make double-sided, shrink it down, da 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 da. And they're like, oh, you da da, push this, push this, push this. Somebody will help you with how to um, figure out the the nuts and the bolts of um, podcasting and, and getting it on, getting it out there into the internet. And you mentioned that you take inspiration from listening to other educational podcasts. Are feel free not to answer this because I realize that this could get political if someone's listening and they're like, but you didn't include me. But are there ones that you look to for inspiration? Less than impossible. Oh, good answer. Thank you. (laughs) I would say I like a lot of them, but the one that really um, I think lines up most with us in terms of like how they do it in terms of being as silly as we are is um, the hands up um, podcast. It's a British podcast and it's, it's two guys. Um, they're a little more cause they're British. They have a little more format than we do where they always do like the same, like three things every episode, whereas we just kind of go off on different things. Batsheva overthrowing education. Yes. I like hers a lot. Cult of pedagogy who we're going to have um, good old Jen Gonzalez on is one that I like. The two dope teachers uh, are very similar to us in terms of their setup. And dopeness. Is it dopeness or dopacity? <laughs> you want to talk about like doing stuff where you can be brought on the, um, you know, brought up in front of the superintendent. They they are not afraid to um, get political and stuff like that. So if you if you're looking for something like that, um, and speaking of that, if you want something that's kind of like a little more anti. He was almost a little too much for me. I like him as a person, but um, it's called the honest teacher podcast. And he's, um, he's a little, he's a little brutal. So um, I don't know. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ask almost all of my guests. And it's my favorite question to ask. And it's, I've, I'm giving you unlimited funds, unlimited time, unlimited control, what is your ideal classroom, school, or curriculum? You can do whatever you want. Teachers on the moon. <laughs> yes. Teachers on the moon. That is fantastic. Definitely. I would teach on the, we would, like, we could just jump around, you know, all the time. And um, we wouldn't, no, we, we, could, we could still teach, like, in person because everyone would have their own space suit. Now, and the other benefit there um, is uh, because of their spacesuits, no kid would ever have to uh, take a bathroom break. No, let's, let's go in your suit. Power through it. <laughs> All the time we can save. <laughs> Teaching on the moon. The answer was staring at us every night. Yes. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. I was going to say, in addition to that, some things like that, you know, are – um, 
our pet peeves, I guess, I, uh, two things I would put I would put out there. A is a slower introduction into the classroom for um, new mm. teachers. Teachers yeah. are just thrown into the deep end and said and said, figure it out. Like I feel like they should definitely have more guidance, more assistance, more planning time. Don't give them the sucky classes because someone that's been there 10 years has earned the easy classes. Like you've been there 10 years. Why don't you teach some, you know, there needs to be a balance um, with that. Don't and pick a mentor out of a hat and just throw it at them. If someone that doesn't want to be there, a mentor to right. them anyway, you know what I mean? So, so some kind of program where there's actually people who want to be mentors and are doing it because their, their hearts in it and having them be mentors and, and um, help, help them find those mentors. If, if I could give a serious answer, uh, I think, honestly, one of the main things that I would do if I had infinite power and money and all that uh, is more mental health help. Because uh, a majority of students that I really struggle with, uh, mostly because I've had so much you know, help and support in setting up my classroom. Um, so I can handle a lot of my students. But the ones I really struggle with are the ones who need a therapist more than they need a teacher. Um, and I, I think if we could have more kids learning about you know, abnormal psych, learning about um, how to deal with anxiety and depression, learning about how to identify those traits. Uh, even the kids who we see struggling because they have a parent who's a narcissist or borderline or bipolar and not saying that they can't be a great loving parent, but, you know, it, it takes some it, it can cause some struggles if they're not you know, taking care of themselves. I think if, if we could give kids some baseline help in, in mental health for themselves or their families that you know, we could set more people up for success. Yeah, I think too about those who go into counseling at the middle school and high school level with the idea of helping kids and it becomes 60% programming of classes. And what if we could just have dedicated mental health professionals and family social workers attached to our schools? And, and that's a huge blind spot for equity too. Like the people who can afford therapists for their kids you know, are, are the more affluent people, right? So, uh, I mean, when we have kids who whose families are struggling economically, uh, they're not going to be able to always get the medication they need and the therapy they need. Um, and, and I think that, that is a huge impact on the classroom because it just affects who you are as a person. If you don't get your mental health issues under control until you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, I mean, that's a bad time to start your education. No, it's interesting because I interviewed Jamie Bonato recently about the issue of teacher attrition. And you guys hit the nail on the head of the two biggest issues of why teachers are leaving the profession. One is they're overwhelmed, especially in their first five years, because they're not given the support that they need. And the other is that they feel like they're being asked to be more than a teacher, but a counselor, a social worker, a transportation worker, all of those things. Well, to end on a lighter note, what are you guys dressed up as for Halloween? My student asked me that. He said, Mr. Jisco, what are you, what are you doing for Halloween? I said, I'm going to be uh, fat and out of shape and eat candy. And, um, <laughs> I think that's my Halloween goal. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast and being willing to share your perspective and your experiences. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tolerating us for 50 minutes. Yes, thank or you. Or whatever it'll be inevitably edited down to. Yes. Don't worry, with editing, it'll be a little less. <laughs> Wise.
Very wise. Yeah. Thanks for the 10 minutes of conversation, guys. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) There we go. Like watching Pulp Fiction on an airplane. (laughs) They just sat around and read from the Bible. It was wonderful. Oh, my goodness. They just... 15 minutes in a diner. Anyway. (laughs) All right. I'm going to stop recording now. (laughs) Okay. Cool. episode will not self-destruct in five seconds, but will remain available on your preferred podcasting platform. More details about this episode, links to resources or people we mentioned, and information in general about the podcast and its mission can be found at lessonimpossible.com. If you enjoy the podcast, you can help other listeners discover it by rating and reviewing on iTunes, forwarding it to a colleague, or posting a link in your favorite educational chat. This has been Less Than Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin. 